Hello, and welcome to Jeff Pasito Reads. I'm Jeff Pasito, and this is today's story. Prism, Chapter 7, Rukumuta. Was it the usual one? Ekdija asked, her back to Martin as she cracked two eggs into a bowl. Her body moved mechanically as she dropped the spent shells on the cool white quartz counter and picked up the whisk. She beat the deep yellow yolks into submission, blending them into a creamy smooth mass with the albumen, and reached for the small glass salt shaker resting on the back of the stainless steel stove. Martin skimmed some bubbly froth from the top of his fresh poured orange juice, softening the dry, crusty toast in his mouth before he tried to respond. Yeah, same thing, he muffled out, his thick tongue working around half the bread that refused to make it down with the first swallow. He blinked slowly, allowing his eyes to unfocus and chewed at the husk in his mouth with distant indifference. He knew the next words that would come out of her mouth. He had heard them oh so many times before. She meant well. Deep down he knew that she did actually believe her futile attempts at helping him would one day bear fruit. But he was tired of hearing her try to help, so he tuned her out, concentrating instead on the grinding sound that came from the left side of his jaw every time he ground his molars into the stiff flesh of the bread. The sound of Ekdija letting the ceramic bowl strike the countertop after depositing half the blended mixture into the frying pan filtered him back into the soundscape of this reality. The sweet, sizzling sound of a butter-drenched pan fixing the eggs whistled around his eardrums. He spoke, knowing what she had said without having to hear it. I can't go see a shrink. What would I tell him? I'm having dreams about seeing a shrink? Martin pulled a sardonic face, staring blankly at the wall before him. There's nothing wrong with that, Martin. Yeah, right, Martin's tone drawled, oozing condensation with every word. He'll think I'm completely wacko. Martin's eyes crossed as he folded another piece of toast close to his face. The cracking surface shot tiny motes of burnt bread cascading down to the plate below. He began biting around it, carefully separating the crust from the crumb, consciously saving the folded area where the excess salty butter would be pooling for last. And what about the rest of it, huh, Martin? The sizzling seemed to stop, and Akdija's eyes were on the back of his head, intently probing the sharp, perfect angle at the back of his close-cropped hairline. The concentration he had on his toast didn't falter. Even the sense of her penetrating gaze couldn't distract him. Lots of people have nightmares about the war, Martin. Lots. She sounded slightly more exasperated this time, her pleading tone taking on a bitter air that was different. And lots of them get help. There's nothing wrong with it. My father had to. She trailed off slowly as Martin's head lolled slightly, following the course of his rolling eyes as he prepared his usual rebuttal. Why do you have to keep comparing me to your father, huh? He turned now, his eyes blue flame towards her. His chest was heaving with a pent-up passion he hadn't realized was growing within him. The air froze between them and their stares hung momentarily, each clambering for position, each striving for domination. The sizzle of the pan returned, and Akdija turned to mash her egg concoction, striking the pan with a fork. I'm not comparing you to my father, she continued after a moment's pause. I'm only trying to help you out, okay? Silence again held the floor, that bitter temptress of conflict begging to be broken but needing to be upheld. Martin took another bite of his folded toast and mashed the bread as he spoke. Look, you can help me by leaving me the fuck alone, okay? He spat, succumbing to the temptation of conflict, 
I've lived with this sort of thing my whole life, so it's not that big a deal, okay? The air bristled slightly beside Martin, and silence reigned supreme once again as time froze. What was Ecdesia's back to him as she toiled over the stove was suddenly her front, panting and red-faced, her breast heaving against her pale blue shirt, and all at once the sharp spike of a ceramic bowl half full of blended eggs shattered against the peach-colored walls across the table from Martin. Tiny rivulets of the yellow paste began to form, threatening to run down the now-scarred surface as the fragmented pieces of the bowl clattered to the floor like spent casings. All the sound of the world returned again as Martin rose from his seat with determination. The ambient sound was different this time. It was heavier, thicker, and much, much more electric. His teeth gritted on the butter-soaked bread clenched between them, grinding sideways as salty fat splashed against the back of his now-pulsing tongue. His eyes still saw Ecdesia standing opposite him, the fork she had been beating the eggs with in her hand like a weapon, her hair suddenly inflamed and her body seemingly poised to strike. But he was already on top of her, pressing the small of her back into the sharp, hard edge of the countertop. His left arm had her thin left wrist, the thread of the egg-soaked fork subdued. His right hand had gripped her along the jawline, thumb pressing deeply into her cheek, offsetting her jaw painfully. No words, only silence between them, only rage. Her free hand flailed, stopping at instances against the countertop, trying to support her for fear that her back may snap. She could feel her spine succumbing to the counter. His breath was hot and hard against her face. Tears began welling up in the corners of her eyes and running down her high cheeks. Her jaw hurt so much, her back hurt so much. Would her wrist break first, though? Her mind could only repeat to itself that she didn't want to die as her body began failing her, feeling as though it were tearing apart. Martin's panting slowed. His rage seemed to subside slightly, and his pressure against her relaxed, but not his grip. She felt his hot breath receding, the demon in his soul climbing back down to its depths, and she let her muscles go slack. She could fight no longer, even if she wanted to. She fluttered her eyes, struggling to blink away the film of tears that blurred her vision, and their bodies together began winding down their sudden outbursts. Her mind relaxed, and she could think again, and realized his grip wasn't loosening. Before she could think why, Martin pulled her up and away from the counter, his grip actually tightening, her left hand now pulsing in agony, and her teeth grinding painfully in her twisted jaw as he held her at half-arm's length before him. What the fuck? He vented through clenched teeth. She spoke back through pursed lips, spittle firing at him through her uncontrollable mouth. You, Martin! You the fuck! That's what! Her eyes grew wide, dark brown irises glaring at Martin. The pain was numbing now. I've given up everything for you, Martin. Everything. I changed the course of my life, and for what? Her jaw realigned as his hand softened its hold on her face. To be shit on at your convenience? I care, Martin. That's why I do what I do. I care for you. Why else would I stay with you? But now? Now? The fork clattered to the tiles as she let it go, her body slacking against his grip. Now, I'm tired, Martin. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of fighting for you. I'm tired of fighting with you. You do whatever the fuck you want to do. Just don't expect me to be there with you. I've got my own problems. I don't need your problems, too. It's not your problem, Ekdesia. Martin's tone was softer, his teeth still clenched, and his grip now more to hold her aloft than inflict pain. It is my problem, Martin. Her eyes flashed again, and Martin looked at himself, his outstretched arms, their grip on her body, her tear-stained face, crooked jaw, and his squarely planted feet lowering his center of gravity into a fighter's stance. He released Ecdesia, and a shiver ran through his limbs and surrounded his torso. His spine suddenly ached with the entirety of a lifetime of labor, and he slumped to the floor, 
his body lax. Slowly, his limbs began to curl around him. Slowly, he began to ball up. Alone on the floor, in his own fetal embrace, Martin began to whimper. Thank you for listening to today's story. Please join us next week for Chapter 8, Derba. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can reach me by email at jeff at That's J-E-F-F at P-A-C-I-T-T-O dot com. On Twitter at jpasitoreads or visit our website at pasito.com. See you soon. Mm-hmm.